welcome to the Love Your Life Project, a gentle guide to living a wholehearted, meaningful life. In these trying times, listen to stories, poems, musings, mystical wisdom to inspire you, bringing a little more light to your day. I'm Anuramana. again, dear friends. Lovely to be with you today. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about pain, probably because I've been feeling it (laughs) after almost a month of severe neck and upper back pain that really limited movement in a big way. I had a lot to ponder and I'm well used to being with pain, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. I've been schooled in this, trained in this for over 20 years, you know, to embrace whatever the sensation is, because really it is just sensation. It's just energy. And eventually passes, you know, that um, that line from the poet Rilke, no feeling is final. No feeling is final. In other words, whatever you're feeling, even if it's on the intense end of the spectrum, it will always pass. It will always shapeshift into something else. But while it's present, we, we learn how to be with it. We learn how to fold it back into our loving arms, or at least to allow it just to allow the sensations. And this doesn't mean that we need to dispense with medication or anything that would help alleviate the pain if it happens to be physical, but that we also kind of look at, examine the undercurrent. What is it that is wanting to be seen, wanting to be felt, wanting to be loved within our own system? And pain is certainly, uh, uh, you know, on the alarm end of the spectrum, a wake-up call for us to really look inside, look within, and see what is there to be learned here, just to kind of go about it like a curious scientist (laughs) with an open heart, of course, and see what, um, what can be learned. And... The funny thing is that while I was feeling these sensations of pain in my neck day after day, week after week, it was a very kind of sharp, dagger-like pain in the back, in the base of my neck. And a line from a poem I'd read many years ago kept kept, um, floating through my awareness. And the line was, the precision of pain, the precision of pain and the blurriness of joy, the blurriness of joy. And I really began to meditate on that. Like, are these really such opposite poles, pain and joy? 
because the more I read poems that were about finding joy in life, the more allusions I found within the poems to moments or experiences of pain or grief or suffering. And it makes sense, really, because we live in a world of duality, of extremes. For every feeling that passes through the system, there is its opposite. And it seems that the more we feel pain in any of its variations, the more capacity we have to truly feel joy. And yes, there are multiple types of pain. As I've said earlier, physical, emotional, mental, even spiritual. But I'll start by focusing on the physical and in fact the personal. So a few months ago, I was swimming happily in the ocean in Hawaii. It was a beautiful evening after a day of teaching and I swam far out into the welcoming waves, kind of lost in reverie about the beautiful day that had just happened. And out of nowhere, or that's how it seemed, I felt something sharp and hard crash into the back of my head and push me down into the water. The pain was intense but I was mostly in shock, so surprised at a collision in the middle of the vast sea where there'd be nothing in sight but the horizon. So when I surfaced, I turned around and found a man in thick goggles staring at me. He didn't speak at all, he just kept staring. So finally I asked him if he was okay. And then he lifted his goggles up and he leaned in and said, so you're not afraid? And at that point, I wondered if I should be afraid. (laughs) So I swam quickly away. But it was a strange thing. It hadn't felt like someone swimming into me. That's certainly happened many times, especially in a pool. But it was a blow that was really, really intense and it felt more like a large object um, that had hit me from behind, more than that this man himself had just shoved me underwater. But when I came to shore, my friend who'd been watching the situation from the shallow water said that she'd seen this man swimming and he suddenly changed direction and started swimming directly towards me. So I may never know what really happened, but after I recovered from the shock, I could feel that it was a replay, really, a much milder replay of the accident I'd had many years before when some um, flying lumber clobbered me over the head as I was walking. And whatever pieces remained to be felt, to be embraced from that, original collision were being offered now, even in this strange way. However, it would prove to be a a challenging ride. The pain had compressed some of the, the upper vertebrae and I started to have intense headaches and the neck pain began in earnest actually on New Year's Day. 
And it was a sharp, like I said, a sharp kind of dagger-like pain at the base of my neck. And when I came across the poem I've talked about by Yehuda Amakai, the Israeli poet, it really spoke perfectly to what I was feeling. And I'll read you the poem now. See if it resonates for you. And this is actually the final stanza of a longer poem. The precision of pain and the blurriness of joy. I'm thinking how precise people are when they describe their pain in a doctor's office. Even those who haven't learned to read and write are precise. This one's a throbbing pain. That one's a wrenching pain. This one gnaws. That one burns. This is a sharp pain and that a dull one. Right here. Precisely here. Yes, yes. Joy blurs everything. I've heard people say after nights of love and feasting, it was great. I was in seventh heaven. Even the spaceman who floated in outer space, tethered to a spaceship, could say only, great, wonderful, I have no words. The blurriness of joy and the precision of pain. I want to describe with the sharp pain's precision, happiness and blurry joy. I learned to speak among the pains. I learned to speak among the pains. You know, there's so much uh, perfection in that poem, in the way that Amakai describes how pain is so sharp and acute and directed, directed towards a specific area. Um, Whereas joy, if you can conjure the last time you felt great joy, it's omnidirectional, like kind of, it's pointed in all directions, everywhere. It's, it's diffuse. And I think one of the gifts of pain, physical pain, is that it brings about a one-pointed focus. You know, you really don't have space or room to think about anything else when the pain is, is intense. And if you really can guide that one-pointed attention towards wherever the pain is physically, if you can guide it towards love, what an incredible gift to bring the fullness of yourself to that specific area that seems to be crying out for your attention. You know, it's a funny thing when you really open your whole being to feel the pain or the emotional pain, the grief, whatever it may be, when you really fully open with your whole heart without needing to change anything, it actually can become such a tender, almost love affair. It's a way perhaps to come home more, to become more intimate with your own interior, in all its colors, in all its light and shadow. There's a beautiful line from a poem by Kim Stafford that speaks of 
a grief as a deepening instead of diminishment. A grief as a deepening instead of diminishment. I love that idea that we get to deepen more inside ourselves. We get to familiarize ourselves more with our own being, our own bodies, our own hearts, our own ways of responding. And speaking of responding, another line of the same poem by Kim Stafford ends with, let hardship sing, let hardship sing, and I be note by note a suffering joy. Let hardship sing, and I be, note by note, a suffering joy. Again, hear this idea of pain and joy being yoked together, almost like twins, you know, both belonging on this wheel of existence, this circle of life. Where might you be able to find a peak into joy, into love, amidst your own pains, your own so-called suffering. Is it possible to find, to find joy, to find goodness, to find even beauty in those moments or days or months of challenge, of difficulty? There's a Another poem by Kim Stafford, the wonderful Oregon poet, that ends this way. So, to make good things, a song, a kind act, a friendship, feed on beauty at every turn. To make good things, feed on beauty at every turn. And to make truth, to make truth, feed on sorrows, gnash their salty structures, bite the bitter rind. To make truth, feed on sorrows, gnash their salty structures, bite the bitter rind. That may sound quite intense, but I think what Stafford is saying is to just dive in all the way into the pain, into the bitter rind. And it's just a rind, actually. When you get to the center, it's all creamy love. <laughs> I mean, it's a journey to get there. Let's not kid ourselves. But it can be done with this one-pointed focus and just the intention to bring love back to those places that hurt in our in our hearts, in our bodies, in our being, in our soul. So I'd like to leave you with a poem by Rosemary Watulla Traumer. And it's called More Love, More Love. And she has an epigraph, a quote by Rita Mae Brown. And the quote is, sorrow is how we learn to love. Sorrow is how we learn to love. If sorrow is how we learn to love, then let us learn. 
Already enough sorrows been sown for whole continents to erupt into astonishing tenderness. Let us learn. Let compassion grow rampant like sunflowers along the highway. Let each act of kindness replant itself. Let each act of kindness replant itself into acres and acres of widespread devotion. Let us choose love as if our lives depend on it. The sorrow is great. Let us learn to love greater. Riotous love, expansive love, love so rooted, so common, we almost forget. The world can look any other way. Love so rooted, so common, we almost forget the world can look any other way. So I wish you, along with Rosemary, more love more love, more love. Love for all of it. Love for what's easy to love. Love for what's difficult. We're all being groomed, you know, in this wild, mysterious world. Groomed to grow ever more deeply into love for all things. To let it just seep into every experience, every encounter, so that love becomes the ground, the foundation, so that love can hold whatever life may offer us, from the most intense to the most exquisitely beautiful. So my wish for you here, as I leave you today, is more love more love. Until next time. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with others. And if you'd like to hear more, you can find me on my website, anaramana.com. And also on there is a link to become a member of my Patreon family where, for a donation, I offer additional gifts and bonuses, like guided meditations and private Zoom calls. Much love to you. Till next time.